Hey everyone, it is Carrie with Conversations with Carrie. And if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and could give this a five star rating with a friendly review, I would totally appreciate that. Um, if you're thinking about leaving anything less than a five star review, then just go ahead and um, turn the podcast off and walk away because you have a choice not to listen to anything that doesn't totally resonate with you and entertain you. So thank you um, for everybody who's already given the five star rating and a nice review. I greatly appreciate that. Today, I had the opportunity to chat with my good friend, Elizabeth. We talked about working from home, being working moms, and educating our kids in the middle of a pandemic. And this is the first of many more conversations sure to come. If you're interested in following Elizabeth, you can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Sex, Hugs, and Cinnamon Rolls. Enjoy. All right, yeah. Yay. How are you? It's so good to see you. I know, it's good to see you. I'm in my closet. <laughs> in a while I know right so oh you know what I almost forgot I got to open up the I, I need the email in front of me so I know what we're going to talk about so. oh yeah I need to do the same thing actually I just realized I lose that when I minimize the screen oh no yeah that's why I've got a phone an iPad and a laptop all right here in front of me so. I'm jealous because my iPad is somewhere think in my bedroom unless the kids stole it which very possible is entirely possible um my laptop is dead on the floor in my bedroom yep (laughs) Mm -hmm. totally get it Uh oh sometimes my my internet is freezing can you hear me yeah Mm -hmm. all right cool cool all right my dear where are we at all right, so thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Know you. Why I want to do this, right? Yeah. Because as a strong-minded female herself, <laughs> what? I wanted someone <laughs> to sort of check me, right, yeah. mm-hmm. on, on my perceptions yeah, and my sure. perspectives of things because I'm coming at this from a very different perspective right. as a working mom as opposed to a teacher who's a working mom, yeah, right. uh, such as yourself. So there was some hubbub mm-hmm. or a kerfuffle mm-hmm. on some of the uh, working mom pages the other day okay. um whereby someone asked a simple question hey are you feeling overwhelmed working moms out there um not distinguishing between respective careers right we're all in this together are you feeling overwhelmed by all the stuff that's coming at us from the schools and the overwhelming response was yes yes it's you know, disorganized, it's uncoordinated, so on and so forth. Um, And it was people's respective experiences, right? Mm -hmm. But ultimately what came out of it was there was some sensitivity um, from some teachers in the group. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things. I I wanted to get your perspective, as I said, both from a a teacher's perspective as a parent who's trying to homeschool (laughs) her children as well. Right. And, you know, what that means in terms of us sharing information, parents and teachers, yeah. and, and taking this forward together. Because what I what I want to ultimately achieve, right, 
and I, what I tried to iterate to folks on, on the thread the other day was just because we're sharing a personal experience doesn't mean that we are personally attacking right. a particular teacher or um, a particular staff member or the administration. I right. think what was what people were trying to articulate the other day was that there are better ways to do things and we need to maintain an open dialogue. Right, right. These are some real struggles people are, are facing and, yep. you know, what can we get out of this? Yeah. Um, right. And so what I want to do is find a way to have that conversation, understand your difficulties, understand your challenges on both sides of the spectrum and how we can have a mutually beneficial conversation that's not sensitive, yeah. that it's not personal, that people feel safe. But we're actually coming out of it with real life solutions from a teacher's perspective, from a parent's perspective that can be taken to say a superintendent or a principal yep. or something like that. And like I said, how we take this forward together. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. Good? Yep. I got you. All right. So first and foremost, how can we eliminate the personal aspect of it? Mm-hmm. Right. I know, you know, we can, it's easy enough to set some ground rules, right. And say, I don't mean this personally, Yeah, but people are also at their breaking points. Oh right my gosh. Now. Yeah. And- <laughs> And I think it's important. I think it's important to note you're in Connecticut and I'm in Pennsylvania and everybody is feeling it from like every state. And for whatever reason, I don't I don't know if it's because the weather's getting better or what, but like people are like this week I noticed people just had it. Like they want to be done with this. Um and I totally get it because I am there too. <laughs> so um but I think I think something that you said is really important that people are kind of sharing their experiences on certain threads and whatever. And my question though would be, have they had the discussion with the individual teacher, administrator, whatever first, you know, before putting it out there on social media or wherever, only because I see it all the time. I personally say out of the social media groups and such for um, the district that I work in, because I know I, I would take it personally, even if it wasn't meant to be personally attacking towards me, um, when teach, when parents and families say things online. Um, and so I think it's always best to have that direct conversation first. However, you know, in a perfect world that would solve everything and that doesn't always happen. So I get why people want to share out and say, you know, and I think, I think globally saying I'm struggling right now, this is really overwhelming is super helpful. Um, at the same time, getting real specific sometimes about, you know, where people can even, you might not mention a teacher, but it's pretty easy to narrow down who people are talking about or whatever. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes that's why it come it, it feels like you're being personally attacked. So I think. So, so let, me res- let me respond to that for yeah. a minute. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. So I can't respond for everybody, right? right. I, I can say, you know, in my personal situation, I have articulated. Yeah. I think you know me by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, very, very respectful, right? Because, um, we are all in this together, yeah, absolutely. right? And these people have skill sets that I don't have and for many reasons chose not to have because yeah. I would be mommy dearest if I was yeah, trying to absolutely. Absolutely, I get it. You know, so I, I'm absolutely relying on them for, for their expertise, but also, you know, set understanding that we are all in a new right. in a new territory, right? So, you know, from my perspective, absolutely, we said, hey, cool. This is not working. What can we do to fix it? You yep. know, for example, we as a district, we're getting um, Padlets. Padlets are what our district is okay. using um, 
general education for each respective grade, and then um, specials or IEPs mm-hmm. might have additional, mm-hmm. right? So Gen Ed Padlets were coming out at like 9.05 on Monday morning, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I, I wrote the principal, I wrote the respective teachers, I said, hey, as a working parent, it would be really helpful if we could get this on like a Friday yeah. or even on a Sunday, right? Because right. My day has already started at 7 a.m. with work. I don't have the opportunity to, you know, plan and and get squared away. And really, I'd rather do it for 45 minutes one night than 45 minutes every single night. Um, And while in my my situation, it was not well received from the principal. She was respectful. Mm -hmm. She was respectful, but it it was dismissed. Oh, my gosh. Um, They ultimately did evolve to that, Mm -hmm. right? They ultimately did evolve to that. So... Maybe some other people said it. Maybe they sat on it a little bit longer, but we did evolve to that. Mm-hmm. The specials took a little bit longer, mm-hmm. right? So interventionists or people that provide additional support took a little bit longer for the upper grade levels. For my preschooler, they were phenomenal. And he has an IEP, right? Mm-hmm. For those of you who, who have IEPs out there, he has behavioral issues. He has speech issues. And he has a whole team. Yeah. of people that, that are that are helping him navigate this educational system. And they really did swiftly come together. You know, they set up a, a folder for us to share thoughts and information well in advance of the week so that my mm-hmm. husband and I could get prepped, so on and so forth. And again, I think you know me. I had, like, an anal retentive schedule for my kids. Yeah, well, you, you know, know it works for them. Right. So, so from my perspective, yes, I, d- I did reach out. Mm-hmm. Right. I know not all parents are doing that, and I hear you, and I feel you on that, rightfully so. You should give folks an, an opportunity to respond in advance. Yep. Moreover, you shouldn't put something out there, in my personal opinion, that you wouldn't say to a person's face yes. or that you wouldn't commit to formal yes, writing. Absolutely. Right? I, absolutely. But, you know, that's just me. And I think some people wait to say something until they've already reached their breaking point. They don't know when to share something when it they feel it's coming, but before it hits, and then it just comes right. across the wrong way. Um, and For in my sure. the parents who who contact me respectfully, you know, where I can tell that they're frustrated or they need something additional, they're never the ones that you know, that I feel attacked by or anything. It's the ones who've already reached that breaking point, who a long time ago, a mentor of mine had said, people just want to be heard. All you have to do is listen. They're not actually coming at you. And so um, that's when I find it's, it's, it gets a little dicey is when people have already hit that breaking point and then they decide to say something. So again, just the self-care and the, the recognizing when you're coming to that point um, is really important for everybody now in any situation, but in education too, especially when you're dealing with the team or the teacher that's helping your kid, um, cause you want to maintain a positive relationship with them. For sure. But right? the same, I don't I mean, want to go into battle with me. Yeah. Right? But it's, we're all humans, you know, and any good teacher recognizes that like you're working with humans and it just is what it is. And sometimes we all lose our shit. So <laughs> it just is what it is. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've actually, I was that mom with my son's preschool teacher, and I was not, I mean, I I stood up for him, I advocated for him, but I probably could have done it in a different way, and I actually ran into her, like, a year and a half ago, and I was like, I'm sorry, like, I'm just sorry, I mean, I know it's, you know, six years later, but learn my lesson, and so, and she was so graceful about it, but it is what it is. We, we have, st- I... I've certainly had those moments yeah. myself. So, so I think just to reframe it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to to recap, 
talking to teachers first, yep, be right? proactive. Them, extending them that courtesy, yes. you know, approaching it as a partnership, not an adversarial right. um, conversation and try to do it people before you reach your breaking point yes. on both sides of the coin. Yes. Um, so how are you reconciling this and navigating this as a parent who's trying to teach her kids, I'm right? Because I, I know there's a lot of emphasis about working women out there, yeah. but Nobody talks about trying to do it as a parent, too, in yeah. homeschooling. It's hard. I, I mean, I'm a teacher. I know the lingo. I know what I'm doing. And I can't teach my own kids. Like, I just cannot do it. Um, I was I was not. I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. God bless the moms who do. This is not my forte. I don't like this at all. I don't like teaching my own kids. They're great kids for their teachers. They're not always great kids for me. And so um, I, from the minute the governor shut our state down, I was like, okay, we need to be done with this school year. Like, and not because I don't want to teach because I would love to, but because I can't teach my own kids. So, um, and I have two kids, like many people, when you have multiple kids, they're polar opposites in a lot of ways. I have one kid who's a responsible perfectionist who you know, most days does what he needs to do. But then the other day had a complete meltdown because he didn't read the directions. He owned that, did an assignment completely incorrectly, which took him, I mean, he spent way more time than he should have because he didn't read the directions. I didn't stop him because he needed to learn that lesson and um, he had to redo it. And so, but, and I told him to take a break and whatever else. And he just, he couldn't handle it. It was too much. And then I have another kid who every morning cries on the floor because she doesn't, she hates school, doesn't want to do it, has yeah. nothing to do with her teacher or anything. It just comes hard for her, and so she doesn't enjoy doing it. So I'm trying to work from home, and I've got one kid bawling on the floor, another trying to do what he needs to do with the occasional meltdown, um, and we're done. We're done in this house. <laughs> so, so I think that's something that's really important, right, because I, I see a lot of women – and I don't mean to pick on women, right? These just yeah. happen to be yep. mom forums in particular that, that I was perusing. But um, they're really stressing about whether or not it's really a school day or whether they have off or whether it's an early dismissal or, mm -hmm. or not. And, you know, everybody approaches it differently. But what would you say to someone who either, A, is really worried about whether or not they're getting sufficient education mm -hmm. right now or, or they're hitting the marks, or B, and B, who need permission to say, it's okay, the day is done. There's not yeah. going to be any more learning today. Um, this isn't school. Like school ended on March 13th in Pennsylvania when the governor shut us down. Like whether people, you know, I mean, I know we say we're doing school, but like this, this is crisis schooling. It's not homeschooling. It's not education. It's not any of that. We are all just doing the best we can. And um, it's like kids are going to have gaps. They're going to need re remediated next year. It's not just your kid. It's all kids. And I would say to that, like, it just is what it is. And you have to trust the professionals. As a teacher, I'm, I'm really not that worried going into whenever we get back to school because this is my job. This is what I do is I remediate kids. Like, when they need help, that's what they pay me to do. So I know how to get them caught up. I know how to make sure, you know, this isn't going to impact them for a lifetime, so right. I think it's really important to trust the professionals. Um, and then I, before all this happened, I would have parents contact me and say things like, my kids spent four hours on homework last night. They were in tears, you know, whatever. And I always say to the parents, you are the parent. Even though I assign a homework assignment, if it is taking them more than, you know, a reasonable amount of time, or if there are excessive tears, it is your right within your home to end it. 
All you need to say again is talk to your teacher tomorrow or if they're too young, email me and say, hey, they had a really difficult time with this. I wanted to let you know, can you review it with them? Again, that's my job. It is not your job to push your kids to tears and ruin your relationship with them because, you know, they can't figure out how to add two digit numbers. So, you know, at some point as the parent in your home, you you have every right to say, we're just done for the day. Um, I've did it with my, I did it with my own children twice already during the pandemic time, um, where I just said, this is it. Like, I can tell you guys are not having it right now and that's okay. We all need to take a break sometimes. So we'll get back at it tomorrow or the next day, but we're done for now. So, I mean, I think you don't need permission. You are the one who's getting permission. You know, I don't, I have seen some things out there on the internet about like parents who are like, we're calling it for the year. Like we're done. I question that a little bit. I'm not sure what kind of message that really sends to your children in terms of like, um, just like the respect you have for the education and education professionals. Um, at the same time, I fully get it because <laughs> I was ready yeah. to call it. Um, yeah. but I think it's a balance, whatever's best for your family and your home. We're, there's something going around too, like we're, we're in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And that is absolutely correct. So I'm blessed. My husband and I have not lost our jobs. We're still working. We still have paychecks. Everybody, you know, not really much has changed except I'm stuck at home with the kids. So our boat's not really rocking that much, but I know that's not the case for every family. That's very true. And well, you know, and it sounds to me too, Carrie, like as a teacher and as a parent, you really are advocating on behalf of of both students and families, right? And their respective positions, right? So that I appreciate because it's not a one size fits all solution for everybody. We are in crisis education. And Mm -hmm. I think, at least for me personally, I take it day by day. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are certainly days where I think, I realize I'm not going to get any learning done. My kids just need to be kids today. Yep, absolutely. And when the weather's nice, like, okay, go outside and play. Like, I would rather you do that at this point. And I, I'm sorry you don't have any friends you can play with outside right now, but at least you're not, you know, hanging out, moping around inside. So, right. I, so we talk. Go ahead. I was just going to say something also just to keep in mind when the whole shutdown happened, a lot of what goes on in the education world is driven by laws and all the legalities. So I think sometimes people like I will keep teaching because I need a paycheck and I need my job and I'm required to do so. And my administrators will keep pushing me to do certain things because they are required to do so. Um, and I think that's important to spe- like in the special education world, that was a whole mess figuring out like, well, how do we follow the legal guidelines and the documents that are in place when we're all at home right now, because we could be sued at any minute. And there's just so much when it comes to the legal aspect, um, that I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, we can't just cut school because there are laws in place saying we have to have a certain amount of days, you know, or we have to do whatever. Um, and so even with the use of zoom, which I know a lot of districts kind of jumped on right on on board with that right away. My district, I'm, I'm really blessed. I work for a great district, but that we've not been allowed to use zoom yet. Um, they had to discuss it with all the lawyers. There were a lot of legal issues that come with using zoom with kids. We're mandated reporters. So if we see something in a home, like I have to report it, it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or not, or if I saw it, you know, in person or on zoom. So, um, 
you know, and then we had to have formalized trainings recently. Like there's just so much on the legal end of everything too, that I think people don't necessarily understand that like we have to do. Um, and that a lot of your, the teachers are, are feeling exactly the same way the parents are, but we just want to keep our jobs as well. So, <laughs> so you actually, you made me think about something, right? Cause we obviously full disclosure folks, we chatted a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. Um, not as much as you would think we really <laughs> kind of threw this together because yep. it's a passionate topic <laughs> for both of us. I think, you know, Carrie, you really got my wheels spinning. It might be nice to carve out another segment mm-hmm. to really talk about, the struggles from a legal perspective and what that means for solutioning going forward. Yep. I know I had, you know, mentioned some questions I had around that, you know, initially, I mean, we mm-hmm. can spitball a little bit, but I think, you know, in terms of specifics and, and what that means for planning and going forward, I think maybe we might want to carve that out a little Absolutely. bit because I think those are very real questions that yep. people have and help them understand why some things actually aren't happening today mm-hmm. uh, versus what can possibly happen. Right. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Absolutely. Cool, cool. So, so let me let me go back a little bit because you've been amazing at, at talking to me about what's working for you as a parent, right? Mm-hmm. And how, as a parent, we can be respectful to you and to the administrations in sharing our feedback or our concerns or like mm-hmm. how to navigate these waters. But what has been working for you as a teacher? What are, what are some things that tactics or methodologies that you've been employing that you have found to be successful? Right. So. I teach fifth grade, just to be clear. So I'm at a grade level where they're not, you know, completely independent yet, but they're independent enough where they can do what I'm asking them to do. And I also am blessed, like I said, to work at a district that was very advanced in regards to technology and being ready for this kind of thing. So it, I mean, we were ready when it happened. It was not a big deal really for us to transition in terms of having the technology in place. The kids already knew how to use the technology. So that part was kind of easy for us. Um, so utilizing the learning management system that we have, that kind of thing, that has been really helpful. Having one spot where we can put all of our assignments and that kind of thing, which I know it's a little different. I partner with a teacher. Um, so a lot of kids have, you know, two courses that they have to go to, mine and my partner teachers. I know for parents that's difficult sometimes to navigate. Um, for kids the, the age that I teach, it shouldn't be because the kids know how to do it. Um, unfortunately, a lot of kids play their parents because kids are kids. And then they get called on it whenever I call home and I say, actually, your kid has d- done this for the first six months of school on their own. You know, it's not a problem. And the kid right. usually confesses and it's good. But like, um, have, you know, the technology piece, having it all in as, you know, one place as you can, as much as you can, um, that's been effective constant communication, whether it's in the classroom or you're doing it from home is completely key. Um, we, I email almost daily to my families. I send videos of myself to my kids just to talk to them. Uh, we have morning meeting messages where the kids check in and can chat with each other. The social connection and the emotional piece, um, at this age is what's really, really super important right now during this kind of thing. So just, um, the most effective thing I found is having that connection with the families and maintaining it and giving the kids a chance to, um, stay connected to me and each other. I like that. I like that. You're, you're giving me some ideas for, 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 you know, my end, um, I think I'm going to hold off on some of the stuff that, that we did talk about, yeah. right? Because I think a lot of that, like, planning um, what's what we could be doing differently or, mm-hmm. or what we are doing would be really good for, for its own segment. So I'd yeah. like to dive into that a little bit more. But 
Um, we've talked a lot about what's coming out of this, right? Mm-hmm. From a, a familial perspective, right? There's different challenges, not only from a stress level, right? We're talking about it as working parents. Yeah. We mentioned that we're very fortunate. My husband and I have said much as, as you have said that we're very fortunate that we both have our jobs yep. right now, right? Um, and so there's a markedly less stressful situation going on in my family uh, as opposed to folks who are out of a job right now, yep. right? Or who are being expected to return to work with seemingly conflating um, guidelines around mm-hmm. how to do that safely, right? Um, mm-hmm. What that means for childcare for, for their children and what that means for their child's education, right? right? So I know that's something you feel very strongly about. So I, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that today mm-hmm. too. I just like, right. First and foremost, I think the most important thing is just to keep people safe. Like, and I think we're asking the wrong questions. Like I, like when we think about, well, what can we do to get people back on their feet, back to work? Honestly, from, I mean, I'm no medical professional, but I like to listen to them in this kind of situation. And I don't think we're anywhere near being ready, going back to normal or getting, you know, close to that. I think the questions we need to be asking are, how do we help those who um, need our help, who are not as fortunate as us, but without sending them back to work, we need to keep them safe too. Um, And so I think some of the wrong questions are being asked. I think some of the, you know, people are really focusing on, well, I need to pay my bills. I need to do, well, yeah, we all need to pay our bills. And I get it. Like there are people who can't and who are losing their businesses. So how do we help them, but keep them safe too? Because, um, and, and make it so that they aren't so worried about their bills that they can't help their kids with their education or, um, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I think, I think culturally we're at an interesting place, um, and education is affected, but like everything is affected, but I just think we're not as compassionate and kind as we need to be towards each other. And, and, and that just, I mean, I think that's kind of more like a global, not really focus on education, but it impacts education. Everything impacts your kid's education. If you're worried about going to work, if you're worried about paying the bills, if there's not enough food, like I, I worry, you know, about the kids who I had to feed when I was at school because they didn't have anything. And we sent backpacks full of food home with them every week. And that was when we were all working and everything seemed okay. So, and I know there's that many more families now who are dealing with that. And so what do we do to help them with while keeping them safe? Right. Well, I thank you for that perspective. Yeah. Right. And um, did you want to talk a little bit about socioeconomic impacts as well? Or do you want to save that for, for maybe tomorrow or another day? Uh, I mean, all I'll say, we, that's, to, that's like a whole different thing too. But all I will definitely say is this whole pandemic has just shown a light on the disparities between city schools and suburban schools and rural schools. Um, I'm, my district's kind of close to one city school sandwiched in between two city districts. And, um, you know, I'm in a primarily white affluent district where we all have iPads from grades K to 12 or MacBook Airs. Um, but in the city that is right next door, that's primarily African-American, um, I, you know, I have a friend who works there and they're not really doing much school. They haven't been. They just started teaching. I think she said like 45 minutes of math and ELA once a week at this point in the game. We're at, you know, week nine. And so, um, 
I think that I think that's a, a whole different conversation, but it's one that definitely needs to be had. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's a nice way to kind of conclude, right? I, I yeah. think we've covered several different topics here, right? And I think that there's been one underlying theme mm-hmm. um, that's been consistent. That's really approaching this from a point of compassion, yep. right? Compassion with yourself, yep. what you're going through, compassion for your children. I'm sorry. Look at this. Look at this mom, <laughs> this mom weepy face. <laughs> no, I love it. I love you know, it. C- compassion for your children in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, what they're going through yep. for teachers mm-hmm. and the administration, um, you know, as well as first responders, frontline workers, yep. and, and those who are not as, um, in as fortunate situations, right? Right. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to talk to you more about this because you've opened up my into so many more interesting um, topics. Um, and yay, let's do this again. Yeah, I I'm totally can't wait to it. share. Absolutely, can't wait. Um, by the way, folks. This is Conversations with Carrie. Yes, it is. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can find your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, for better or for worse, am sex, hugs, and cinnamon rolls. All things that I love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Same. And we'll chat again soon. Take yep. care. Sounds good. Bye. Love you, Mama. <laughs> love you, too. <laughs> Bye. See ya.